the Miami Marketers Podcast. We are incredibly excited and privileged today to have with us Victoria Verdeja, Senior Communication Specialist at Baptist Health. Victoria, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Victoria, I'm, I'm big. I'm incredibly excited to have you. Um, met you many years ago. You were just starting your career. You've created an incredible path for yourself, advanced, gone from the agency to client side. So um, it, it's really a privilege to have seen you, to have seen you grow, to see you matured, and, and then just keep on growing. So thank you again for coming, uh, for being here. And with that said, I want to kick things off right off the bat and just tell us about you, your career path, and really how did you get to where you are today? So it's, it's kind of a, a funny question. I um, you know, started off got to UF and I was an engineering major. I had this fascination for answering the why. So I loved physics. I would get to yellow lights. I mean, I would be driving home from high school and I would be like, you know, at this speed, am I going to make the yellow light? So I got to UF and as the story goes, engineering didn't like me as much as I liked it. But um, my friends and family encouraged me to try communications. Um, you know, they thought that that might be something that I'd be skilled at. And so I decided to apply for an internship at Rock Orange. Um, so I was, hmm, I think I was like 18 or 19 years old. And at the time, someone very, very close to me and somebody I loved was battling cancer. And I remember that during that summer at Rock Orange, he at one point was denied treatment, um, you know, coverage of treatment for his cancer. And Paulina Naranjo, who's uh, David, one of the partners at Rock Orange's wife, she said, you know, get over here. We're going to write this press release. And, you know, to this day, I, I remember the headline and everything. But in a few days, we were able to help his family raise the money he needed. And it was in that moment that I realized, you know, this is exactly where I was supposed to be. And that was PR. Wow, what, what an incredible story and a kickoff to your career. And then, so then you, you really kicked off your career here in Miami PR at Rock Orange, but then, you know, you went to the Republican, the media side. How was, how was that? So uh, one really cool thing about the internship program at Rock Orange at the time um, was that, you know, we were able to rotate to each department. So it was like creative, digital, and then PR. And so we, all the interns got a little taste of what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and so when I went back, I, I, you know, I graduated from UF with a degree in PR, um, but I did do some coding electives um, to help satisfy this love for methodical problem solving that I had, which is a weird thing for a communications person usually. Um, and so I, I took the first job I got out of college, which was at Republica, and it was as a junior performance specialist. So I was running um, Google search and display campaigns. Um, and so very different from PR, but I loved the data and analytics and the key, you know keyword mining. I, I loved that stuff. But what I didn't love was that I was sitting behind a computer all day long, um, obviously. and. And as you know, as somebody with a skill set in communications, I felt like, you know, there was something lacking there. Um, you know, luckily, I was under the leadership of Freda Rodriguez, who's now the director of digital and emerging technologies at CONCACAF. And, and she 
sort of plucked me from that role under her leadership and into another one and it was media buying. Um, I honestly feel super blessed that she was able to identify that that sort of lack of a satisfaction in com communicating and she put me in this media buying role. And I learned so much so quickly that by the time I left Republica, which was only, you know, I was only there for 10 months, I had 12 campaigns under my belt. Yeah, no, and I think it, we it have to stop and, and give a shout out to Freda. Uh, <laughs> incredible professional, friend, mentor, has touched so many lives in the, in the marketing community in Miami. Um, and, and really overall great, great friend and, and just someone that like, you can pick up the phone, uh, ask for an advice um, or, or just some guidance and things you want to do. So I think Freda is- I did that like two weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, that's what we met, you and I. Yeah, so, so again, um, you had, I remember great career, great startups. Um, and I think you had great mentors that really put that um, overview and things and kick things out. But to your point, you know, your, our passions and our guidance start, you know, giving it itself and presenting opportunities to, to where it should take us. So then there's a very interest, interesting intersection in your career where you shift uh, to the client side. So um, obviously with one of the most, perhaps one of the most iconic brands in South Florida recognized. Um, so, so tell us about that shift, why that shift and, and how that really came along. So this is a question that comes up often. And I think it's important you know, to note that it was less about shifting from agency to client side and more about the actual client. Um, so ultimately I decided that you know, I was still missing that storytelling component that first made me fall in love with communications. And you know, my role, my, my job at, at Baptist Health was literally to tell the stories of patients and physicians, nurses, even caregivers. Um, and, you know, talk about, you know, mirroring your passion with your skill set. Um, this is the reason that I ended up in communications to begin with. And now this is something that I got to do. And uh, my boss, Georgie Pipkin, um, you know, we've been together working there for three years. Um, she really led the way here for me. Um, things that people would say, oh, a PR stunt. That was a PR stunt. You know, we, we were able to secure Super Bowl tickets for, you know, a very fortunate 15 year old cancer patient. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that, that, you know, it's right to say that because Georgie and I, and I remember the exact day that we actually did that earlier this year, Georgie and I, we leave in tears. I mean, in literal tears with the fullest hearts, feeling so blessed. And so, you know, that's why I ultimately made the jump to go client side. Um, ultimately, it was about what I'd be able to do with, you know, with this particular client um, that made me make that shift. So essentially, I was able to reconnect with the whole purpose. I was, you know, even in PR to begin with. Yeah, and, and I think that's so, I don't, I'm not say rare, but, but very precious in a lot of senses, mirroring your passion with your gifts and being able to give back to the community. And obviously everything that Baptist has done for the community during this hard, difficult time is very appreciated. And, um, you know, all the caregivers out there, all the, all the professionals that are, have been really putting to the lines and, and, and dealing with all the situation, you know, I, I think from us in Miami, the marketing community and everywhere, we're just really thankful for, for everything that goes in there uh, and, and excited to see that you've, you're now in a, in a place that marries that passion and that um, 
the town that you have. Um, and obviously you have that glimpse of the tech side and, and marrying the, the, the story side, which gives you, I think a unique perspective in, in those senses of, of marketing goes in. So now you're Baptist and now tell us a little bit, give us a glimpse of what your day looks like. If that is there such a thing as a normal day for you? Well, that's another awesome thing about, you know, doing communications is that your days don't really look the same every day. Um, so it definitely keeps things interesting. Um, but, you know, just to give you guys an idea, and, and one thing to note um, is that my role within the marketing department at Baptist Health has changed since I first began. At first, it was, uh, you know, a specialist position on the media relations team where, you know, we were telling these stories. That's our sole purpose. Um, obviously, crisis communications is involved, media relations, things of that sort. Um, but, you know, in, in my two years, almost two years in that role, I began noticing that, you know, there were so many stories, right? And this is so different from agency life. I was, you know, sitting in there as a media buyer, scratching my head, trying to come up with something, anything to, to create a story, to, to tell a, you know, to talk about something with purpose, right? Something with meaning that could carry out across multiple channels. And we struggled. All of a sudden, I'm at, I'm at Baptist Health and I'm drowning in these incredible stories, things to say, things that are moving that, you know, transcend across channels completely. And even beyond communications channels, even to paid media channels and whatnot, um, internal communications. And so, you know, I, I started seeing that there were also holes between each of the functions. So a lot of these functions, and, and we sort of operate like an in-house agency in that we have a production team, a PR team, a content team, everything that you could possibly need, um, obviously supported by our agency partners. Um, but there were they were operating in silos, essentially. Um, and it was something that when I got there, they had already started trying to um, mend. But it was frustrating for me. It was frustrating for me coming from a place from the agency side where efficiency was key. You're getting paid by the hour, whatever it is. I mean, you have to be efficient in order to make money, essentially. And so coming on the client side, things were a little bit slower. Um, and there were a lot of inefficiencies. Um, so basically, I, I, I didn't know what the answer was, but I knew that there was room for improvement there um, across functions. So making sure that, for example, we were all saying the same thing, that we were all working on sort of the same things, that we weren't duplicating efforts, making multiple videos, you know, and, and what ended up happening is not only was it inefficient internally, but in the market, messaging was in some ways inconsistent because, um, you know, even the most minor details make a difference. But, you know, we were maybe saying something differently than the paid media team. Um, and then in the press release, it might have been different than the blog post. And so this was something that um, I thought needed attention. And not just me, obviously, can't take, the, can't take all the credit there. Um, but I definitely wanted to be a part of the solution. Um, and so we hired somebody on my team now, her, her name's Papsi Maletti, um, and she's senior to me. And I, you know, she came in to lead strategic communications for our cancer client. And um, I, 
I loved watching her come in with this sort of unseen strategy to our department at that point that helped fill those gaps. And so, you know, I, I told my boss, Georgia, I said, I, I would like to mirror that role for um, our outpatient services um, client, which essentially is all the Baptist Health urgent cares, all the emergency departments, all the things that you see like diagnostic imaging centers and even the uh, telehealth app, which became really important throughout the pandemic. Um, and so they sort of created that role for me and I'm super thankful for it um, because I you know, did or I have tried at least to sort of fill some of those holes to make sure that our messaging is consistent and we are as efficient as possible across social media, internal communications, owned media like our blog, digital signage, things like that within our uh, facilities and also media relations while still carrying out the PR portion. So um, it's, it's uh, been quite a lot over the last year, um, you know, with the pandemic, but I will say that the pandemic has almost propelled the need for this type of role because we didn't have time to be inefficient and we couldn't afford to be inconsistent in our messaging with something so, so, you know, important and timely for patients, for the, for the whole community. No, it's, it's incredible. All the, all the work, the evolution um, you, you described, experienced, uh, the shift and, and not being static and being, you know, responsible with the times and things. So can't tell you how impressed again I am with everything that's, that's being done. And, and uh, again, it's been a massive team effort. I will say that. I'm just the voice right now. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it, it takes a village. And, and Vic, obviously, you know, you wear many hats um, and something that really, you know, also I, I admire about you in a lot of senses is that you're always looking to better yourself, to progress yourself. And I know right now you're doing your master's. Um, I know how difficult it can be doing a master's, working full time. Um, so just tell us a little about that. How, how is it? Advice? Uh, how did you get into it? And, and why are you doing it? So... I'm doing my master's in marketing at FIU right now. Um, and I'm in this accelerated program that they have. It's like a 10 month program. And it's been, um, while incredible, I mean like an incredible learning experience, both the material and the professors, even my peers, um, it has been super challenging. Um, I think I thought that, you know, oh, well the pandemic things are closed, I'll have more time. Um, I didn't anticipate my role expanding at work. So it's been, um, it's definitely been difficult. I will say that if you're doing it, um, you know, you'll find a way. There were a lot of times where I thought, and I'm now one third of the way through, but I, I in the beginning, I was like, there is no way, there's no freaking way. And somehow I had to let go of that, you know, that, that college high school thing where I was like, a student, a no, right now, I just need to pass. I need to learn a lot, but I need to pass. Um, and so it's been super difficult, but at the same time, actually it's, it's, it's been so eye-opening because I'm able to pull in what I'm currently learning with what I'm doing at work. Um, and you know, like I said, it's, it's in marketing, but my undergrad degree is in PR. So I wanted to be able to bridge with this, you know, with my schooling, be able to bridge um, communications with 
data with marketing um, so that you know, we can sort of try to identify um, or try to bridge ROI and marketing efforts and now communications efforts. Um, so it's not just, you know, like, oh, this press release was picked up three times and the publications have a reach of X. No, of their reach, who is it within their audiences that we actually care saw this, you know? It's sort of taking um, the analytics behind media buying and, and marrying them with communications. Um, I mean, there are a lot of barriers and a lot of things that I don't think will get solved quickly, but um, that was the reason behind doing the masters in marketing. Um, and that's why I think it's been honestly pivotal thus far. Incredible. And again, kudos to you. I know how hard it is and, and the time consuming and demand, the long hours, the exams, the, the books. Uh, so again, keep going. Excited to see you always, you know, take your career to the next level. And with that being said, you know, we're heading into 21. Incredible. Couldn't commend you more for your master's, what you're doing, always, you know, looking to better yourself. And I think a lot of us should always continue that learning path and, and keep on growing and, and seeing all those things. And now we're heading into 2021. You're in the top of the wave, seeing everything unfolding. So what do you think are some of the trends from 2020 that will persist and any new trends that will rise? So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, media monitoring tools are going to continue um, to get better. So, you know, like I was saying, um, understanding exactly what, you know, reach and add value and what these metrics that PR professionals typically look at, what they mean and really whether we need them at all, what are new metrics you could be looking at. Um, that's where I hope this is heading. I, I personally, you know, we use Meltwater at Baptist Health. Um, I love the tool and it evolves year over year. So I'm excited for what they have coming, um, you know, in the near future, but other ones like Cision and whatnot, I hope that that's the direction that we're headed for those, um, you know, and also it's not a secret, big data is emerging you know, you're grabbing multiple sources of data and you're making sense of them with things like Salesforce, for example. Um, you know, I know that Google has their, their whole set of tools, um, but I would love, love to be able to see these tools help marketing and communications professionals make sense of their efforts um, and connect them to ROI. Because, you know, one thing in the, P, in the PR world is that your time is your currency, 100%. Because at this point, you're not saying, well, my ad generated, you know, X clicks. And then of those clicks, we, they landed, you know, they completed a form and then ended in visits that cost this much. We don't have that. And, and honestly, it's how, how do you put a monetary value on brand image or on reputation? I mean, there are tools to do it, but really, is there an accurate depiction of that? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, when everything comes cr crashing down, you don't have a crisis communications plan in place. But, um, you know, I'm hoping that some of these tools will emerge that will help us at least try to make sense of it and, and really hone in on efficiencies going back to things, um, you know, so that we can put a dollar value on our efforts. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think you touched great points, cloud uh, from Salesforce, cloud for marketing, a lot of cool tools coming up. So, so again, excited. And you're in seeing it firsthand with, again, one of the most iconic brands that I can think of, probably from South Florida. And then Vic, we're almost about to wrap it up, but what advice would you give a younger self or someone that was trying to you know, follow your footsteps? Because again, I, I mentioned this, you've 
done a lot in your career. You've done PR, you've done uh, marketing, you've done media buying, you've done now on the client side, on the agency side. So just, you know, advise younger self. My younger self, I would tell, definitely be more patient um, and to trust, you know, trust others more, trust my teammates. Um, I think being a female and, and being young and looking young um, and having a little bit of a Miami accent <laughs> can, can be difficult sometimes when you're trying to earn your seat at the table. And so I was always skeptical and um, definitely aggressive. So I would say that for my younger self, you know, be more patient, trust others. And then for others, you know, I, I definitely think that starting at the agency opened my eyes in ways that I don't know would have happened if I started client side. Um, I was only in an agency, you know, from college graduation until I ended up at Baptist for 10 months. That was a really, really short amount of time. And what I learned in those 10 months at Republica, I am still using in my day-to-day -day life, you know, career-wise. Um, I just think it's faster paced. You've got a ton of clients in different industries and you've got to learn a lot and learn fast. And I think that it sort of sets you up so that when you do eventually go client side, whether it's in 10 months or in 10 years, it's the way of thinking primes you for always looking for that next tool, for that next, you know, whatever it is, just getting better, not staying stagnant. Um, and so, you know, at the same time, a lot of, I was encouraged, you know, get your master's right after school, you know, right after undergrad, go right into it. While obviously waiting a few years posed a challenge because I literally forgot how to work things that I did so easily um, in undergrad, you know, I realized that I was compete, you know, pe people that, that maybe just go straight into their master's and graduate two years later end up competing at, you know, 24, 25 years old with entry-level kids um, just because of how this particular profession works. Um, so I'd say if you have the option, wait a couple years, do the master's. Um, I, I, I'm going to tell you it's not easy, but I, I have found it um, extremely helpful to do it in that order. Um, and then lastly, honestly, soak in everything from your mentors. I, I mentioned Freda, I mentioned Georgie. I mean, these are, these are women that, um, you know, not, not only were, or are my boss, you know, George's my boss now, Freda was my boss before. The, they not only were able to give me career advice, advice, but also, you know, even just things as far as what to wear what to say, how to act in a meeting. I mean, when you're so young, you're coming right out of college, there's, there's so many things. And these women in, in, in the most honest and, and loving way just really gave me the best advice that they've always had. And, and I try my best every single day. And I you know, even continue to just calling some here and there just to soak everything in. I love them. I love all the advices and I couldn't agree with them more. And I think it's, it's an incredible. Again, everything he's doing, gone through career mentors. Um, amazing. And then just to wrap things up, favorite quote. Oh, I've loved this one since high school. It's don't wear your wishbone where your backbone ought to be. 
And, you know, this goes back to the being a little short, five foot tall girl from Miami. Um, you know, if you want something, make it happen. That's it. Love that. Vic, with that, we're going to wrap our podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. We loved having you and, and can't wait to have you again sometime. Thank you so much for having me.